0: Good afternoon. This is Jim Colburn of Commodity Research Group. I'm here with Andy LeBeau, also of Commodity Research Group, and we're here with another edition of Energy Markets. To find out more about us, check out our website, commodityresearchgroup.com, where we post our blog and our podcasts. We would like to thank our friend, Doug Stetzer of EKT Interactive Oil and Gas Training for hosting this podcast. You can check out his podcasts and learning modules at ektinteractive.com. This podcast should be construed as market commentary, merely observing economic, political, and market conditions, and is not intended to refer or endorse any particular trading system, strategy, or recommendation. We are not responsible for trading decisions taken by anyone, especially those not intended to listen. Information is not guaranteed to be accurate, This is not an offer to buy or sell any derivative. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform, and I guess maybe to get you to hire us as consultants. Today is June 12th. Andy LeBeau. Jim Colbert. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you? Very good. Thank you. I I thought we'd jump right into this. Uh, We have an OPEC meeting June 22nd. And, um, you know, we talked about this uh, during the week, and, and I think you uh, you mentioned that uh, OPEC is giving us guidance, and I, I feel like it's the, a Fed meeting. But why don't you um, tell us what's been going on, what, what they've been saying, and maybe what you're looking for out of this meeting.
1: Well, yet another OPEC meeting in our uh, long and uh, mostly, uh,
0: I guess, Sometimes our, illustrious.
1: Yeah, my mostly <laughs> illustrious career. Thank you for for helping me out there, Jim. But um, yeah, I, I think what you said is right. I mean, they they've really over the last year and a half since the November meeting have been uh, very good about uh, telling the markets um, about basically giving giving guidance and telling the markets where it's uh, where its production is going to be and uh, you know what what they've been thinking about of course they're uh, subject to to change uh, to change but this OPEC meeting I think is uh, i can't say it's completely well well forecasted by, by OPEC but it, it, they Definitely have talked about increasing production by, the, and the, the number they've floated has been uh, a million barrels a day. They've talked about gradually increasing production, and that's between uh, both OPEC and uh, non OPEC producers. What I think's gonna happen at this meeting, I I think that uh, they are going to increase production. I think it's going to be 0.5 to 0.7 million barrels a day uh, before the end of the year, and then another uh, 0.5 to maybe 0.6 million barrels a day uh, in the first half of uh, 2019 for uh, a, a total increase, Of uh, 1.0 to uh, 1.2 million barrels a day, something like that. That, That's not a net increase, and we'll talk about that, Jim. I'm sure from uh, from OPEC and non-OPEC. But I think that that's the numbers uh, that that we'll be looking at.
0: Well, I I want to. The EIA's uh, monthly uh, short-term energy outlook was out today, and uh, I pulled off uh, a comment they made in. This is pretty obvious, but they they're saying the magnitude of supply response is uncertain. And um, why why don't you you take that?
1: (laughs) That's great. I'll I'll pass it over to you. (laughs) That's a great comment from uh, from our government. But I think that that is, uh, yeah, I I think that's probably correct because uh, we don't know. You know, maybe they'll come up with the the full million by the end of the year. Although I doubt it. we don't know um, how quickly the, the barrels are going to come out. And, you know, most importantly, uh, one OPEC producer, Venezuela, is going in the opposite Direction Actually, two OPEC producers are potentially going in the opposite direction, uh, Venezuela and uh, Iran. So we really don't know the magnitude because uh, we're seeing a, uh, we probably will see an increase from Saudi Arabia, the UAE, and Kuwait, and a decrease from uh, Iran and Venezuela. Both of them very, very unknown. As to to where their numbers are going to uh, to fall out in.
0: You, you you didn't mention that other new OPEC member Russia.
1: Well, Russia, right? Well, Russia isn't going to, right. Russia's on the on the uh, non OPEC side, no. and um, uh, Russia is going to quickly increase production. Probably they're already on the way up they'll probably have production up two to 300, uh, by the end of the year, I, I would suspect. And, uh, maybe another hundred in the first quarter or second quarter of, uh, of next year. So, uh, in terms of the other non OPEC producers that are party to the steel, um, it really doesn't look like there's all that much, uh, additional barrels that are going to be able to come out from the, um, from the other OPEC, uh, other non-OPEC producers. The, um, you look at Mexico is actually down. Their, their target it was 2.3 million barrels a day. They're producing 2.1 and at best, you know, 2.15 maybe. And uh, Azerbaijan, Oman, Kazakhstan, maybe a little bit more. So Russia's gonna carry the lion's share of uh, the non-OPEC production increase. Uh, that are party to the deal.
0: Right, Uh, right. It
1: doesn't include U.S. and Canada, obviously.
0: I I wonder if you could uh, just uh, step back and uh, summarize what's been going on uh, with the analysis of Iran. I mean, we've heard numbers from zero to a million off the market. And I think um, last time uh, they had sanctions put on them, it was uh, 1.2 million off the market. Um, What what are you hearing and what, what kind of number are you working with?
1: Well, I think the zero to one million barrel a day is a pretty good range, Jim. <laughs> I think that, that's that's probably right. I, so I we don't, don't know, uh, right? We really, we really don't know. I I think uh, on the on the outsides, I, I really don't see a zero a zero or a million. Uh, well, a million has a million has an an outside shot. We're we're working with uh, around four fifty right now. Uh, or uh, right in the middle, but it could be much more, it could be much less, uh, depending on uh, where the waivers come out. Uh, right now, we're in the 180-day wind-down period, and uh, there are indications that some companies are, are decreasing their purchasing from uh, from Iran. You know, th- there are issues on sanctions with uh, banking, with shipping, with, with insurance. So, um you know, some some companies just um, are, are not going to are simply not going to buy from uh, Iran, and of course the whole where the EU is going to come out with, with the entire deal is another issue, where China is, where India is. A lot's going to depend on uh, geopol geopolitical developments, obviously, uh, with with the U.S. So in, in terms of you know where where waivers come out. You know that that's very uncertain. So, you know, the list that that I've gone through, we've gone through each each country and and 450 is the number I come up with. But uh, I have to tell you, I star just about every single uh, just about every single buyer, Jim. Terrific. Uh, in terms of. You know, maybe yes, may, maybe no. Right. Um, and it would be interesting to see where uh, where OPEC is going to come out on, uh, you know, because this is key for the balances, obviously. Right. Right. You know, it would yes. be interesting where OPEC and non-OPEC come out uh, on what they think. Or the Russian oil minister Novak, I think, w- was uh, intimating that he thought 10% of of production would be curtailed. Uh, so that's 3.8 million barrels a day. So that's 380 that that uh, he's using. But um, yeah, he, he he probably has some better information than we do, Jim. Of but, course, uh, who, I don't. <laughs> he probably doesn't really it, know either, it, right?
0: um venezuela for a second I, I opec uh the opec monthly report also out today uh has venezuela from secondary sources producing 1.392 and it gets down about 42,000 from last month there's uh if you try if you charted this it's you'd still be bearish on that number i mean where's the bottom
1: that's a good question i don't think you know we i think jim when uh we used to call those when the chart look like that, you know, we'd call it the cliff formation. Right. I think that their production is basically the the cliff formation. They're they're down, you know, from their target, they're down 650,000 barrels a day. And I don't think, it doesn't really look like there's a bottom. The IEA said, you know, by the end of the year in their last report, their may report, they said by the end of the year, they thought Venezuelan production could be down several hundred thousand barrels a day more from uh, like a 1.4 number. And I think that's right. I mean, there's uh-huh. no indication that, uh, that things are turning around. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that clearly has got to be a big, you know, big input into this next OPEC meeting uh, in terms of where they, where they see Venezuela and, uh, and, and certainly where they see Iran.
0: And se- several hundred thousand means, uh, more than three, less than 10, maybe, I guess. Yeah. 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 I guess. yeah, yeah uh, you you know, Cause it, yeah.
1: I, I, I think it's, you know, two to four, three, I, you know, it's several hundred thousand barrels a day more. And, and, uh, you know, they're, they're having, uh, their assets were, uh, just seized by ConocoPhillips. Uh, they're, they're, Asking for ship-to-ship transfers of the crude, they've got uh, lines of tankers backed up because they can't get it out. Uh, their workers are leaving. You know, they're leaving their jobs. There's, you know, rampant corruption. So there's nothing. You know, there's nothing indicating that it's going to find the bottom and all of a sudden, you know, Venezuelan production's going to start rising. It just isn't.
0: Right. And um, let's move over to the uh, U.S. response to all this. Uh, you know, again, um, the EIA's number came out today and uh, they, they didn't change. It doesn't look like they revised uh, production at all. Um, still have that sharp upward. Uh, looks like a million four increase um, this year over last year, maybe another million next year. You want you OK with those numbers?
1: Yeah, I, I think um, you know we we I, I am okay with those numbers. I think they're um, you know I, I think they're probably close to right. I mean, one one thing, even though they've the EIA, I can't you know they, they do have. Jim, we went to a. a uh, presentation at Columbia uh, with one of the EIA analysts, and and I think both of us were so impressed by the models that they that they have put together. Right. Um, you know, they're I think they really do an they really do an excellent job. It's hard to forecast um, production. They've certainly been inaccurate uh, over. They've been accurate from time to time over the years, but um, yeah, I think those numbers are pretty good.
0: Yeah, they're, they're, I mean the weeklies were. Were are um, I think, a little bit below, last October, I think they were a bo- little bit below the monthly uh, updates. But um, when you look long-term, they, they're under it. over. They, do, they track pretty, pretty darn good. Sometimes they, I might get a little myopic, uh, you know, getting too close to the weekly numbers. But, gee, they, they really do uh, um, get it right. Uh, they do a very good job with those things. But I guess um, the other piece of that is uh, it's one thing to produce it. It's another to get it to market right right uh, so
1: and that's a uh, you know i think that's been a, a real feature during may and june of the um you know of, of the market you look at these discounts uh midland in may got is got like 15 under wti uh right now it's uh eight i think it's eight or nine under wti and um it, but Houston is eight over WTI, the right. um, you know the, the um, East Houston market right. uh, is eight over. So you know uh, that puts Midland at, at sixteen under. Um, yeah, but, Houston, I, you know, to get it out.
0: Right. Yeah, I was looking at uh, the Brent I spread, and um, actually the uh, the EIA this month, um, you know, they, they lowered their Price on the Brent-TI spread, and uh, I was just wondering if you, if you thought um, the Saudis console uh, uh, Russia with with the idea that hey, at least take a look at the Brent-TI spread. They may be producing more. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, they, they, they can't. But
1: they can't get, it. they yeah. can't get it. to market. They
0: can't get the good price, right?
1: You know, it's interesting if you look at the Brent-TI. That's you know, that's obviously, and we've talked about this, and it's been. Mentioned in the press, you know, that's Cushing, Oklahoma, midcon and you know, to North Sea BFOE, uh, Brent Forties, osberg and Ecofisk in, in the North Sea. And, um, you know, you, you really have to look at where the ports are trading, like LLS is $8 over. So, you know, and, you know, as I mentioned, the, the East Houston market for uh, sweet crude is eight, $8, uh, over. So, you know, that 10 or $11 is really, you know, from the port is two or $3. Uh, it shouldn't, you know, so, so exports, I think will still be strong. Uh, but you know, it's, it's not as, um, it's not as huge as what is what it looks like on the screen.
0: Right. Right. Cause it's uh, right. Cause you, you were looking at, uh, Cushing, Oklahoma. Exactly. Um, I have to say along, along those lines, uh, you know, in, in my world of uh, options, we have seen some activity in the Brent TI spread options and um, particularly in the, um, you know, you, if you, uh, it, it, they basically have been following the uh, market down. So you, you see in the on the put side uh, in December, the, the minus three, four, five, six, eight and ten. I don't know why they skipped the seven. But you've seen those puts uh, trading, and um, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't see that flow. I'm not sure who's initiating. Uh, but they, those are active, and that that makes a lot of sense. But I, I just uh, want to throw an option comment in here because uh, we are 10 days away from this OPEC meeting, and we, we did see a, a bounce in volatility up to about 26 percent on the price move down, but now we're back to around 24%. That's, that's July and August. The July option um, expires 15th of June. So it's gone uh, before the OPEC meeting, um, but you're not seeing, it's, it's exactly the same as August. So, so maybe, you know, oftentimes you see a, a premium in the front end. So maybe the fact that there's no premium there means that we're starting to see uh, people put positions on for the OPEC meeting in August, not July, or, or at least buying options in August and not buying them in July. Um, and also, it's it the long-term average is 33. So, with all that uncertainty that you mentioned, I guess some of it's offsetting, or or the the market is not looking uh, for a big collapse in price. So, this is the my point is the the fear factor is not in there in this this market at at all. Uh, it's it's way below average as we go into this OPEC meeting, and it's tracking the um, the historical is around 23. percent So, you know, it's it's uh, it, it, they're measuring different things: historical or, or what people call realized uh, is looking backwards, and implied is looking forward. And, um, it's kind of you wouldn't you wouldn't know there was an OPEC meeting coming up is what I'm trying to say. But it is 10 days. We'll see uh, if something happens as as we go uh, forward but I, I want to move into uh, EIA set had some interesting uh, charts today and uh, you know they it, it, the oil markets like to compare things to the uh, five-year um, averages and if you looked at the if you look at what they're projecting for the rest of the year in, in into late into 2019 it looks like uh, crude oil uh, is uh, stocks are in the middle of the five year for for the U.S. are in the middle of the uh, five year average, and they and they're going to move up. They expect them to move up to the top end, and right. right. And distillates stay right at the bottom of the five year average, and gasoline stays right at the top of the five year average. So why don't we why don't we uh, why don't you pick what you want to talk about? I mean, gasoline d- distillates or. Uh, U.S. crude oil stocks, are, and, and uh, let's let's get into these uh, these three relative to each other. Well, it, it's interesting you mentioned that, Jim,
1: because uh, I was I was looking at the same thing, and the EIA is looking for some serious builds coming up. First, we're going to first we ought, we will draw stocks over the next few months. Both the EIA, uh, the EIA says we'll draw stocks. I think we'll see, we'll see a pretty healthy stock draw. Refiners have really uh, not been able to maximize crude runs owing to a lot of issues that they've had coming back from turnarounds, uh, production, you know, just just, um, operational problems. So um, I, I, right now, uh, crude stocks are at uh, 400 and 37 million barrels, something like that, and the EIA has them going down to uh, 414 in, in August. Um, so a, a draw of another uh, 20. I, I, I think it's going to be something like that, maybe a little bit more, which should be, um, you know, I think that's going to be constructive, uh, certainly for uh, for WTI. Then they have from from there on out, they have some they have some big builds. I mean, they have the market building up to 480 or crude building up to like 480 million barrels by next May. So, uh, you know, a serious build. And total stocks, too, by next June, they're saying total stocks are going to build 100 million barrels, which which clearly, you know, gets us to 1.3 billion, which is, you know, that's on the surplus side. Then you're looking at 63, 64 days supply versus – you know currently we're at 60 so you know that that's that's i don't uh, it's curious to me they they may not be the stocks they're they're usually not that great on but you know that, that that's pretty interesting and, and you know could be certainly could be bearish for uh, for structure later on cuz uh, first i think structure may tighten
0: up well I, let's let's look at today's opec Numbers. Um, they they're looking for a call on um, OPEC of thirty point thirty three point three million barrels in the second half of two thousand eighteen, and that's against a thirty one eight seven current production. So right. so even if OPEC and Russia were net were able to raise production, um, it still might come up a little short.
1: Yeah, if as as I think you were saying earlier, if you to look, looked at that call on OPEC from the from OPEC, you know you'd be buying, you know you'd be buying the market left and right. Yes, because you know, no matter what OPEC does, you know there, there's you know there's going to be a shortfall.
0: And I think that's been a consistency. I mean, OPEC was looking when they came out with their monthly report, it looked the most bullish. IEA also showed, um, I think, sharp draws in the fourth, going into the fourth quarter in the, the U S the EIA was, was less uh, bullish. And, um, if I have to say the, the, um, most, uh, the options with the most open interest are a lot of these, uh, is the, the December 80 call, um, which we saw a flurry a few months ago after one of these reports came out uh, of call buying and, and obviously selling it. Um, and the, and if you look at, like the top 10, they're mostly deep calls and and SEP calls with the most inter- open interest. And I, I, I find that, uh, interesting. And, um, what, what do you think about the, the top open interest option, the DEC 80 call? Do you think that goes in the money or out of the money? Just throw that out there. What's your, uh, 80, what's, 80
1: for WTI by, um, be, like the, Second or third week of November. Yes. Like that. so yes. I, I, that's going to be a really hard stretch, I think. Right. Um, I, I, I think that I would say that that's going to expire out of the money. You can't say, I, you know, I, I think WTI has a chance to get back into the 70s. Uh, 80 could be a really uh, could be a, t- a tough stretch because by by fourth quarter there are going to be there there will certainly be more barrels going coming onto the market. Also, the EIA has U.S. production up by half a million barrels a day by in, in the average in the fourth quarter from where we are right now. So you know that, that too may may serve to keep the market in check. Uh, like you said, Jim, I, it, it's hard to see unless a, it's hard to see the market having a broad-based sell-off. We just, of course, we just came off, very, right, right. You know, we just came off pretty hard. Yes,
0: but um, well, that was off the million-barrel increase number, right, from OPEC. Right, right. And We also, we also uh, have seen uh, funds liquidate a lot. You know, oh
1: my goodness! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mean, we've seen, I think, between Brent and uh, WTI. Funds liquidate like 300,000 uh, net length over right. the next few weeks, and, and and that was bound to happen. I th- I think those two were working in concert, you know, to, to take the market off. And um,
0: uh, just uh, just uh, quickly, uh, we had two weeks ago. We did a uh, uh, special podcast with Andy Furman of Risk Revenue, who deals with uh, hedgers, and um, his he felt that he said his particular. Client base was hedged more than um, the industry average. And, and one of the reasons he gave was because of the um, record amounts of speculative activity on the long side. And um, so that was interesting because, it, you know, if you if you get some news that's a little bear, I mean, a million barrels is, is you know, more than a little bearish Um, and you get it, you get it rolling on the downside. Then all these folks come in and liquidate and it makes it um, maybe more of an extreme move than, than you might expect.
1: I think we saw that.
0: And I think we saw that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but can you make a case? um, I just want to throw this at you. The um, if you look at the, the open interest on the put side, the biggest one is the D's 50 put. And I, I'm guessing some of these, um, SEP 55, SEP 50s, Ds 40s, Ds 35s, those are the top open interest. It tells you that there's there's just not a lot of uh, short-term position trading in options. I'm not saying there's none. I'm just saying it's not extreme. And also, uh, these these may have been put on a while ago when we were at, you know, maybe six months ago, maybe last year. Um, so they've been on, some of these have been on for a while, but can you make a case for uh $50 oil in December? That you, would
1: also, how, that would similarly, that would be, that would be tough to do. Of course, as we both know, Jim, anything is possible in these markets, right? We've seen, you know, over our careers, we've seen some yes. moves that we didn't think was, was, uh, was possible so Always. certainly you know if there's if there's a uh if there's some kind of event you know that that causes some deep demand destruction you know yeah i guess we i guess we can get down to uh, we can get down to 50 on the supply side you know would we'll probably take saudi saying that they were going to just you know surge up the capacity and i that's suck you know you don't you don't see that because that's where all the spare capacity is. So, um, you know, that, that on a, from a supply side, it would be tough. It would have to be, I think it would have to be a demand side, you know, some kind of demand side event.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think the, uh, again, the EIA's numbers, I think they're looking for 1.8 million barrel increase. I mean, so a lot of that's, uh, what, NGL type stuff. On demand? Think, yeah, on demand. Yeah, yeah. So that's liquids. Um, and another 1.7 in 2019 and then um you know one thing it that sounds you start pretty
1: high don't you think
0: yeah it's high uh, opex uh, is below that but it's yeah uh, IEA is below that yeah i mean it's it, again i mean I, EIA has uh, gasoline demand flat so 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 right. this is this, that's right you know um but the um the economies i mean Atlanta, i see this in the in the in the financial news, the, the Atlanta Fed is plus 4.6, and then there's this is their uh, GDP nowcast, so it takes, it's a, just a, I don't think there's any opinion in that. I think it's pure uh, data-driven model for Q2, and New York Fed has uh, plus 3.08 for Q2 and plus 2.89 for Q3, and uh, I admire their sense of humor by using decimal points, but um in their, in their projections, especially going out to the hundreds, you know, uh, but, but the point is, these are, these are pretty good numbers. And I think the um, OPEC is used, I think they use IMF estimates for world growth. Uh, Looks like uh, 3.8% they're using this year. So, so uh, as far as like economic activity, it just doesn't, And listen, like you said, this thing could change, but um, for now, it looks like this market stays supported at some level yeah
1: right. i i i think so you know uh, the, the, the it's it's yes yeah, as 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 i was saying it's hard to trace a fifty dollar could could there be a f fifty hand, a five handle yeah sure you know that's right. uh, that's possible you right. know could there be a four handle Oh, uh, man yeah I, I just things really have to start unraveling in in a hurry and, yeah uh again that would there may be an, an event you know, some kind of an event-driven thing.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, getting back to the uh, EIA's uh, forecast, they uh, they take the implied volatility from options and they impute a an expected trading range and they um, they get it to a 95% confidence interval. I think you should strike out the confidence the word, but they come up with $52 on the, on the downside, 81 on the upside. And then I did a very, very rough estimate. I'm not going to go through all the calculations, but it was um, very simple. I, I came out with for December, a 95% interval would be something like uh, 44.75 to 93.75. So, so this is where the, you know, Again, we're working. These things work off a of normal distribution, and we know that none of these commodity markets are norm act normally. They're they're they're, they're abnormal. But um, that's that's a very wide range uh, um, of possibilities that's built into this relatively low implied volatility um, options market. Um, okay, uh, so let's talk about uh, let's get back into prices. Um, we have seen a, uh, correction in the market. I'll put you on the spot. Where do we go from here? In I crude, think the, crude oil,
1: crude oil. I think WTI has a chance to, uh, to appreciate a little bit more here. Uh, as I was saying, I think inventories are gonna, are gonna draw, um, you know, pretty smartly over, over the next, um. Four to eight to to twelve weeks, perhaps, as as refiners um, increase. Increase runs. I think exports will be running, you know, pretty strong, well over two million barrels a day. The balances look like they look like they're going to draw in the short term, and that and that should be supportive. Of course, you know, we are going to have. We'll see what OPEC, you know, what they come up with, and you know, we're going to have to project, you know, what those because the third quarter is going to stocks are going to draw because it's going to be hard for them to immediately increase production but of course the market is going to also work towards discounting you know what the what the increase is you know whether it's a right. million one million then they've got to take away the venezuelan you know take away where venezuela is going to be which it doesn't know and, and iran is going to really shake out more into uh, into next year but you know in short shorter term i, I think the market looks you know i, I think it looks okay you know, I, I think it can get back to 70. I think Brent uh, Brent can get back to 80, but it's it's sort of a tricky trade.
0: Very tricky, you know. And let's um, leave that and quick to gasoline. What what do you think of gasoline? When, seasonally, when when do we make the highs? Is it in June?
1: Yeah, and gasoline. You know, it, unfortunately, it doesn't really look that interesting. You know yeah. the the demand is is really flat. If you look at these EIA numbers, like the last three or four years, they have it averaging nine point three million right. a day for the for the U.S. is really not the growth isn't going to come here. The growth is going to come uh, is going to come elsewhere over the next uh, over the next couple of years, uh, India, China, um, and then and then as we move, you know, into the early twenty twenties, we'll be dealing with. Um, the, the alternative vehicles, and, and, and we'll see where that shakes out. But in the short term, uh, gasoline global growth is, is not going to be U- U.S. I, I inventories are, um, you know, they're, they're right around last year. They're a day ahead of the four-year average. It's just, it just it doesn't really look that. It doesn't really look that interesting, Jim. I, I don't think gasoline provides any leadership mm-hmm. whatsoever. What's interesting is diesel. Right. Diesel's, diesel's unbelievable because, you know, you're looking at uh, inventories that are uh, just from the day's supply, uh, 29 days versus 38 last year with nine full days over last year and six under the four-year average. I mean, diesel, he uh it's here and um you know europe looks looks not not as tight as here but but um diesel looks, looks still looks bullish we we really have to start you know cranking out some cranking out some diesel yield you know in order to start rebuilding these inventories and what's interesting is the yields have been lower yields are way lower and uh, d- distillate yields are, are, are way lower because refiners are running uh, oh. more of the waxy, sweet, cr- you know, more of the waxy Permian crudes and um, they're, they're not yielding as much diesel.
0: Right. So we, we need more Venezuelan crude coming we need, in? We actually do. <laughs> I mean, we need yeah.
1: Canadian and we need Venezuelan. And right. Audi, and we're not getting any of those. Uh, you know, the, the fat uh, diesel is, you know, still looks pretty bullish.
0: Um, anything, we're going to wrap this up, but anything you want to say about crude spreads, um, the structure, the gasoline cracks, he cracks. You kind of, well, kind of implied. Cracks,
1: yeah, I think he, he cracks still should should be uh, pretty strong. Gasoline cracks are already coming off, and um, you know, unless unless refiners unless they're continuing issues, and there are some, you know, I don't see much on uh, gasoline cracks. They like diesel cracks, uh, jet fuel's been all over the place, of course. And naphtha looks, you know, that, that, that looks a little bit bearish. Um, Does, in is terms it? of the spreads structure, I mean, <laughs> oh my goodness. Just take a look at these red dies on TI and on, and on brand. I mean, it, it's come off. That's D 18 versus 19. It's come off really hard, uh, with the prospect of, um, you know, more, of more barrels coming on the market. Yeah, I think that, that is a chance to rally back as we, as we draw stocks. Uh, but if the EIA is right, you know, you look at a place later in the year to, to be going short, you know, to sell the front and, uh, and buy the backs. And one last thing, Jim, on the, on the Brent TIs, you know, when, when assets become, stra- become stranded, like, you know, Midland is right now, it, those things those things have a chance to go much you know they could get weaker
0: right right so we what was uh, we saw that um, Brent TI spread that would be you know the Cushing futures WTI price uh, get to something like minus was it was 27 did it get yeah. to minus 27 minus
1: 27 minus 28 yeah. so and all,
0: on the way down i heard so many people say um, i'm buying this for mean reversion because we're gonna and and it was crazy. It was crazy. Mean mean reversion probably killed more traders than uh, I don't I don't know who I don't know yeah, what. Let me tell you something.
1: Yeah, mean it did work. Delta
0: neutral is right up there too. Let me
1: tell you something. That mean the Brent I mean reversion did work, <laughs> but you had to you would have had to roll your position for years and years and years.
0: Yeah, you, and but
1: ultimately but, you could have said, Yeah, you see, I told you it was going to mean revert.
0: Yeah, but some of those roles gapped, so you weren't right. able to participate in yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah,
1: and you would, have been, you would have been,
0: yeah. Yeah, you were long, <laughs> oh man. You would have been long gone. Long gone. So, you know, just, I guess, uh, leave leave this session with just be careful. It's uh, it, it, Even though the option world's telling us this is a quiet market, I think, Andy, what you pointed out is there's just a lot of stuff out there, and this thing could... Rock and roll in either direction.
1: Yeah, I think it's a really interesting market. There should there should be some good uh, good trading, um, some good trading opportunities coming coming up. I think, um, but uh, you know, like in, like anything, it's never easy.
0: No, it's not easy. Um, so, a couple couple things I want to say. Uh, one thing is, I take uh, I've been putting stuff uh, up on our blog. Um, Just these are basically uh, mostly energy stories, but uh, commodity stories that I find interesting and maybe helpful to uh, people who are analyzing or trading the markets. And then I'll try to take one of the best of those and uh, put it on my uh, LinkedIn uh, um, uh, system. So if you're if you want to get connected on LinkedIn, just uh, look me up. It's under James Colburn. I connect with everybody. So. Uh, feel free to do that, and uh, maybe we'll get a discussion for i think a couple of we we put andy furman's uh conversation up there on on linkedin on the on the uh, the website as well so um, you know check them out if, when you get a chance
1: yeah that is that is an excellent excellent conversation about uh, hedging, and if you haven't listened to it i urge you to 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 run don 't walk to, yeah. to 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 our website. Uh, Yeah, we got a lot of hits on that one, Andy. Yeah, www.commodityresearchgroup.com because it's on there. It's really good.
0: Okay. This is uh, Jim Colburn and Andy LeBeau, uh, commodityresearchgroup.com. Talk to you next month.